Welcome to Wellness Now, a health and wellness information program brought to you by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. Each week we go in depth with different healthcare experts on some of your top health questions, getting answers to help you live your best life. Hello and welcome to Wellness Now, presented by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. I'm your host, Dr. Michael White. About 92% of seniors have at least one chronic disease, according to the National Council on Aging, and at least 77% of seniors are living with two chronic diseases. So how can we keep a healthy mind and body as we get older? Joining us to discuss this is Dr. Rex Ragsdale, a district medical group physician at Valleywise Health. Dr. Ragsdale, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you. Well, you know, let's start out with something fairly simple. So why is it important as we get older, and especially for seniors, to have an annual wellness type visit with our, you know, provider? Patients who are on Medicare, there actually is a benefit that is designated specifically for patients when they first come to Medicare and then annually thereafter. And it's called a Medicare annual wellness visit. And it doesn't exactly replace the old traditional annual physical. It actually, I think, is more useful. And the the purpose of that visit is to review a number of things outside of the maybe chronic problems that you see your provider for on a regular basis. This is almost like a timeout. Let's let's just set aside some time and talk about your general health. At Valleywise, we often will also do some uh, mental status examination or some tests uh, to uh, check on memory and, and some other things. And it's a great opportunity to talk about preventive care. So certain cancer screenings and other screenings are, are part of that. And even to the degree of it's an opportunity, if the patient wishes, to talk about their long-term plans, uh, even including their thoughts about advanced directives. That's a time and an opportunity to talk about that if the patient is willing and wants to talk to the, to their uh, uh, provider about that. It certainly is, again, as you're coming into Medicare, that gives us as, as providers a, tr- a tremendous opportunity to begin to have those conversations to help us guide. Once we pass that visit, as we enroll into Medicare, what are some of the things that you also assess for on an annual basis as we come in for our regular checkups? The number one today, and one that I strongly advocate, it's a great time to talk about vaccinations. Of course, the COVID vaccine is uh, very, very important today. Hopefully at some point in a few years, it will be less important, but, but that's a good opportunity to talk about things like the COVID vaccine, the shingles vaccine, another one that is often overlooked and yet can make huge differences uh, to a patient. Uh, even the the lowly tetanus shot needs to be done every 10 years. And if that isn't thought about on an occasional basis, sometimes people will be many years outside of the recommendation. You know, as we think about is uh, in our aging population, are there you know certain conditions that we start to see more frequently and become more aware of and have to treat as individuals get older? Certainly. There are 
maybe the traditional chronic illnesses of diabetes, hypertension, coronary artery disease, uh, certainly a number of, of orthopedic maladies that uh, we, we face as we get older, osteoporosis, arthritis, of course, being the most common ones. But the study of geriatrics goes generally beyond that and starts looking for what in geriatrics we refer to as syndromes. And that is a combination of those chronic illnesses that together can create problems of their own. And what are some of those problems when these start to things start to be combined together? What are some of those warning things that we might see in our family members that make us concerned that we need to see somebody that can help us put all of this together? The most common one that, uh, that comes to my attention from patients or even referrals from other physicians uh, are memory issues. Uh, that's, uh, I think, a fear that every older adult has and seems to get more of a concern the older most people get. You know, it affects not just the individual, but it affects their family. It, it is in many ways a family disease as well. There's a syndrome of frailty uh, that a lot of research fairly recently has been involved with a focus on what can be done to, to change the course of that syndrome because the natural course of that syndrome is not good and leads to a significant increase in uh, mortality rates. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about healthy aging with Dr. Rex Ragdale, a district medical group physician at Valleywise Health. Valleywise Health offers exceptional health care at several locations across Maricopa County. If you need medical care or have questions for one of our clinicians, visit valleywisehealth.org to get started. When we start to think about, you know, meeting with our geriatric and older population, are there certain medical screenings that you need to consider? We talked a little bit about vaccines and the importance of vaccinations, but are there other things that you're going to recommend um, as we're going forward? Yes, what have traditionally been cancer screenings, uh, some of which, of course, start the 20s. Pap smears, a screening test for uh, cervical cancer, of course, starts in women uh, in their 20s. Colon cancer screening starts for most people at age 45. Breast cancer screening via mammogram, of course, uh, most people are familiar with. And recommendations generally suggest that those continue to age 75 and Beyond age 75 is a time for the patient and perhaps their family and their physician to do what's referred to as shared decision-making. Not everyone who's 76 should stop doing colon cancer screening, just as not everyone who is 76 should continue colon cancer screening. So that's where some of the individual factors, including anticipated lifespan, uh, are a part of that decision. And that needs to be done uh, not just by memory or rote, but actually with a conversation with your uh, provider. And that's why it's so important as we, as we start to get older to be able to establish ourselves with a clinician, to be able to have these conversations. And again, you know, as we talked about as we started establishing what our long-term goals are, you know, one of the most common questions that I get asked in the older patient population is, 
what type of exercise can I do as I get older that's safe and will help me as I get older and help my aging? That's a great question. And I, I often will point out that the amount of variation in individuals of a certain age increases dramatically the older we get. And I'll use an example. If you had a room full of five-year-olds in kindergarten, everyone in that room has pretty much the same ability to function. Okay, There's very little variation from one child to the next. If you had a room full of 65-year-olds, you would find tremendous variation in that age group from people who require a wheelchair to people who are in are senior Olympians. I remember I have a patient who at age 78, he's a snowbird and travels to the Mesa area every winter. He lives the rest of the time in Pennsylvania. He bicycles from Pennsylvania to Mesa every fall and returns via bicycle every spring. That is a tremendous athlete at age 78. So that variation is part of why it's important to discuss it with your provider. One thing that that is often overlooked is just the advantage and value of simply walking. And except for maybe the three months of the year when it's quite, quite hot here, it's uh, inexpensive, even free, and Fortunately, nine months of the year, we can do that uh, very readily. Swimming is another good exercise. Not everybody has the same access to that as maybe we do the, a sidewalk or, or a quiet street, but it's a particularly good one for patients with uh, arthritis and the buoyancy of the water helps take a lot of the stress off of the joints and the back and other places where someone might have some limitations. You know, one of the other big things that we talk about as we get older is the way our diet changes and the way our nutritional needs change. Maybe we don't need as much, you know, caloric intake as we did as we were younger versus as we get a little older. What are some of the things and recommendations that you give your patients around nutrition as they are entering this age range? Our total caloric needs decrease with age. That's both a good thing and and creates some challenges. So as people get older, the muscle, the percentage of their body that is muscle uh, decreases. And so some of the intake needs likewise decrease. However, it's very important to, to maintain the amount of protein in the diet. So in many people, their amount that they eat on a daily basis is decreased and if they're not making adjustments as, as they age, they may be eliminating fruits and vegetables that are providing vitamins and minerals that they still need. And so that ratio changes, and we need to make sure that, that they're continuing to get the, the, not only the proteins that are necessary to maintain their health, but also the vitamins and minerals that may be missing as they decrease the amount of other foods they take in. 
Is that an important time for us to start to consider taking some sort of over-the-counter dietary supplement or multivitamin in this, in this population? I don't automatically recommend that. Certainly there are patients who I recommend it to, and that's usually based upon some laboratory test or evaluation of their regular diet. Uh, so that we can identify what might be a problem. There is, as you know, danger in excess of certain vitamins. So I don't just suggest blanketly that people stock up at the health food store. Dr. Rex Ragsdale is answering your top questions about healthy aging. You can make a virtual or in-person appointment with a district medical group provider at Valleywise Health by calling 833-855-855. 9973, Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., or by visiting valleywisehealth.org and clicking the book appointment button. You know, another thing that we often think about as we get older is the number of medical conditions, as we've alluded to, increases, and oftentimes the number of medications that we may have to take to manage those chronic conditions continues to increase. Are there recommendations or tips that you give your patients around managing these multiple medications that they may have to take? The simplest one, and is one that should probably start at an earlier age than the senior age group, is just have a medication box that once a week you're filling any morning medications that you have, any evening medications that you have. It saves you time ultimately so that in the morning or the evening it's already laid out for you. But it also can serve as a reminder that if you don't recall whether you took this morning's medication, if it's still in the box marked this day, you probably didn't take it. Now, a problem that we encounter as patients get older and both their memory may be a challenge, eyesight becomes a challenge, and even the dexterity of one's fingers, is that sometimes patients need help filling this box. And that's a great opportunity for one's family to get involved, perhaps a neighbor or a close friend uh, that can help with that. And in some situations, it's relatively rare, We will even ask for visiting nurse or a home health nurse or a home health aide to come in on an occasional basis and help patients with this because it's very, very important. And I think it's also very important to just say, you know, even as you use one of these pill minder type boxes, if you miss the morning pills, don't take them all in the afternoon. You know, <laughs> don't double up on them. It's better just to miss and catch up the next day than certainly take these, you know, all at the same time. Right. You know, one of the other things that I tend to notice as we as we enter this patient population is the amount of sleep requirements begin to change as well. And oftentimes people will tell me that I don't need as much sleep now as I'm getting older as I did when I was younger. Is there any truth to this or any harm to this? I mentioned earlier syndromes, and insomnia is one of those syndromes that we recognize and deal with in in geriatric medicine. The required sleep actually stays pretty similar from about age 30. At age 65, it may increase by about an hour a night, but doesn't change dramatically. Unfortunately, there do become a number of issues that can be health problems that begin to interfere with sleep. 
aches and pains, back pain, joint pain. Uh, these are all things that my patients tell me on a regular basis interferes with their normal sleep. Uh, some of the medications that people are on can also interfere with the quality of sleep they have. So it is something that is very important and I strongly recommend that you, you bring it up uh, with your uh, provider visits. Another often common condition that we talk about and we start to worry about as we get older is, you know, we talked about decreasing in our muscle mass, but we also start to lose some of our bone mass or osteoporosis. You know, how often do you encounter this condition and what are some of the things that we can do earlier in our lives to help us be better prepared as we get older? The, the simple answer is keep moving and get in the habit when you're younger of, const, of constantly moving. Uh, and that may seem a little trite, but uh, I, I actually don't mean it to be because uh, movement stimulates bone growth, movement maintains and stimulates muscle group, uh, muscle uh, fibers, and it's also very good and very important for mental health as well. Uh, stimulates appetite in people who maybe otherwise don't have much of an appetite. And if there's one single thing uh, that I strong always encourage my patients to do is you've got to keep moving. Amen. You know, we alluded to earlier on that one of the more common issues that you have to treat as a geriatrician or specialist in geriatrics is memory loss and memory issues. How much memory loss is normal and versus when we have to start to worry about other conditions such as dementia or other neurocognitive areas? Right. Um, I find that's an issue that probably starting in the late 50s or maybe even early 60s, most people have have some concerns about. Now, fortunately, most of the people who come to me with this uh, in reference to themselves don't actually have a, a problem. Um, it's uh, one of those illnesses that uh, if you don't think you have it, then, then maybe you do. Uh, but it's usually things that people around, uh, around the person notices or may bring to attention, uh, family members, uh, friends and colleagues uh, may comment or may begin to have concerns about um, uh, things that uh, that the person has said or more more frequently uh, circumstances that the person has forgotten uh, those are a good time to to start bringing those to your uh, to your physician if you're just tuning in, we're talking about healthy aging with Dr. Rex Ragsdale, a district medical group physician at Valley Wise Health. As we see these memory changes that may or may not occur as we get older around this, what are some ways that we can help prevent or help us delay maybe some of the progression of these types of conditions? Once again, I go back to activity. And there's very good, strong evidence that remaining physically active is an important part of, of maintaining uh, one's 
cognitive or, or thinking abilities. Um, many people I know, uh, as they get older, uh, start doing crossword puzzles or some stimulating event. Uh, maybe it's watching Jeopardy every day and, and you know, trying to answer the questions. You know, once again, if we don't use it, we lose it. And that's every bit as true with, uh, with our mental capacities as it is for anything else. One of the things I will often advise people to do uh, if they're getting into a rut and they're really not getting out and getting um, mental stimulation is to go volunteer somewhere. Make commitments to help an organization uh, even if you're just doing something simple like showing up and folding papers or something, um, you, it, it brings you into a group, into conversations, into intellectually stimulating uh, activities. Probably one of the most difficult conversations we have in our practice, you know, today as someone gets older is around the topic of driving. You know, oftentimes, you know, when somebody will come in our, to our office, you know, often with one of their children, it'll be, you know, we don't feel that our loved one is safe to drive. What are some of the warning signs that we need to begin to have that conversation with our elders to say, maybe it's time for us to give away that, that ability? Yeah. Um, the one that, that I, a question that I ask uh, patients and their family members frequently is, are you getting lost in familiar territory? <clears throat> you drive to the grocery store and back. Has it ever happened to you that these familiar streets, suddenly you take a wrong turn and you don't know how to get home? Um, that can be an issue of distraction, but it is a warning sign. The other warning signs, uh, and, the, and I have at times just gone out and walked around a patient's car to look for damage. And if somebody's running into mailboxes or they're having trouble getting the car in or out of the garage and they're starting to scrape the car, that's a suggestion that an evaluation should be done. And, and indeed, there are organizations, uh, uh, AAA and some other automobile organizations that hold seminars and training sessions for older adults and even some who will do driving evaluations and uh, provide objective evidence that this person should or should not uh, continue behind the wheel. Dr. Excel, as we get closer to the time, our time here together, what are three things that you can do for yourself as you begin to age or do for someone you love that we can leave our audience with today? Stay active. And, you know, I think there's an, uh, I, I, I've realized over the years that when a physician says exercise, what the patient hears is Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, lifting heavy weights and hours on a treadmill, and that's not actually what we usually mean. And when I say that to my patients, I'm talking about getting out every day and walking around your block or, or walking some 
few blocks, some distance every day, and doing it, make it part of your regular day. Um, the other thing is if you're a family member and you have an older adult family member, you've got to start spending more time with them. Uh, you, you, you can't do this with a once-a-year visit um, because we can all put on a great face for a few days, uh, but you really need to be spending time on a regular basis and, uh, and seeing how it is that they're doing in terms of the functioning on a daily basis. Are they able to grocery shop? Are they able to get to the store and safely back? Uh, those sorts of activities. Dr. Rexdale, thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. If you missed any part of the show or want to hear something again, you can access all of our blogs and podcasts at valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. Thank you, and we'll talk again soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to Wellness Now, brought to you by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. If you're looking for more information about what you heard today, visit us online at valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. There you'll find blogs, podcasts, and information about the healthcare providers you heard on the show. You can even book an appointment at a Valleywise Community Health Center near you. That's valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.